All right. Lord, we thank you for Stephen. We thank you for the time that he gets to share right now. And we pray, God, that you give us those open hearts to hear. That it would go not just to our ears, rattling around, Lord. We, that it wouldn't pass through. That it would, truths would come down to our hearts by your spirit. Father, we, we, we seek that, Lord, you would use our brother, his personality, his gifts, and that you would use his thoughts, his words to share with us the word that you want to minister to our hearts. Help us be hearers and doers. Help us to listen well, to pay attention to how your spirit would move and speak to us. We thank you, Lord, that you feed us, and we pray that you would do so today and that you would gift uh, Stephen with that teaching ability, and you'd bless him as he shares, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus name, amen. Thank you. All right, so there's been a lead up to this. When I was in this room, like every one of you, the Lord gave me a revelation. I sat here about two months ago when, Grant, or when Cam came back from Nepal, and he brought back a message from however far away Nepal is from us. And the Lord spoke to me from Nepal. And Jabba? Jabba spoke, and he said, you have a purpose in God's kingdom. And I sat there and I said, I have a purpose. I never actually thought about it. I have a Each of us has a purpose. And I said, what is my purpose, Lord? Teach me what my purpose is. Show me what my purpose is so that I can do your will. And so before I was saved, I also had no purpose. And so today I just did a quick Google. I took the first thing that came up. This is from lifehack.org. And it says here, seven reasons why life without purpose is unfulfilling. And we could probably go through this list real quick. A life without purpose has no meaning. My life before Christ had no meaning. It had a worldly meaning. It was my own greed, my own lust, my thirst for money. That's what drove me in my life. And you know what? Number seven was fulfilled by that. So if we go to number two, I was full of anxiety. I didn't know what I was doing half the time. I was not gifted with an education. I was not gifted with things. I was just a regular guy like everybody else, and I was lost. I had no guidance. I was at sea without a compass, without a sextant, just floating every day, and I was full of anxiety because I had nowhere to go. The next one we have here is motivation is a long lost dream. Of course it is. If you are not fulfilled in what you are doing, you have no motivation. You don't have that drive. And that was me. The next one, lack of focus keeps you from growing. How true is that? I'm not, I work for a company, but my will is not aligned with that company's will. I go in every day and I don't have the same purpose as them. I have a different purpose and thank God for that purpose. I am a light. And so when I go to work, I am a light. But prior to that, I didn't go to work. I used my sick days for the sun. I went to work when I was sick because I wanted to be paid even though I couldn't work. That's what drove me. And so I wasn't growing there. I didn't see it. And the next one is your success. Success seems unachievable, unachievable in a life without purpose. And that is so true, right? How are you going to succeed if you don't have a purpose? If you can't see the next step, you are lost. It affects your physical health. I can tell you that from experience. I was once a salesman. My job was to lie and sell and take your money. And it was unfulfilling. I had the two types of job where my personality had to be on and I had to be a liar. And the other one was physical work. I chose physical work for the rest of my life because I enjoy being physically drained. Emotionally draining and knowing what you're doing is wrong. 
affects you physically. I could not go out at night. I did not want to hang out with my friends. It affected my physical health. And there's the last one, number seven. Nothing in life is enjoyable. I can tell each and every one of you has the joy in the heart if you have the Holy Spirit. And that is our purpose, is to walk in the Spirit because it gives us joy. It gives us rejoicing. Today, as a congregation, we got to rejoice with a sister joining. She became a servant, as Charles told us last week. We are all servants, and we're welcoming another servant, and we're going to help her. We're going to see her struggle, and we're going to be like, I was there. I can help you with that. We're going to see other things happen, and we're going to be able to engage with her and show her the way through. It's like a new person going to a job. They come in, they do nothing. And it's our job to train them up. It's our job to teach them. That is the point of the body is to raise each other up. And so this list is true for world. But this list also hit me in my Christian walk. If I don't have a purpose, if I don't know what God needs me to do, I can start clicking off things on this list. It seems like I am in the right spot, but my heart and my will are not aligned with the Lord's. And so for a little bit of my walk, it was unenjoyable. I thought I had to not swear. I thought I couldn't do these things because it's in the book and I can read the book and I can put it into my will and I can do it by the flesh, but I'm doing it in the wrong spirit. So the Lord gave this to me and understanding God's will for us. So the best way to kick this one off, guys, is just to understand the word will. So in Greek, the word will is thelema. It means divine will and inclination, a desire or a pleasure. If you guys love numbers like I do, this word appears 64 times in the New Testament. It's 62 times as the word will. It's six or one time as desire, one time as pleasure. And it appears 19 times in the gospel. I love numbers. There's some numbers for us all today. But this word is God's will for us. Now, any parents in this room, we have wills for our children. I would love my child to clean his room. My will is for him to do it, but does he do my will? No. And our Father in Heaven has that same sort of desire or pleasure for us to walk in, but are we doing that? Are we doing that in the day-to-day? And so we look to our example in the Bible, and we have Jesus. And so we we can go to Hebrews uh, 10.7 here, and Hebrews 10.7. So these are one of the things that my actual, the the headline for this one is Christ's death fulfills God's will. So Jesus definitely did that. And it says here, then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. The next time or the next version of will that I pulled from there was John 6, 38 to 40. And so that one says, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up in the last day. And it is, oh, sorry, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees and believes in him may have everlasting life. I will raise him up at the last day. Today we witness someone joining that family. We witnessed someone who sees Christ and believes in them and made a testimony. Thank you, Victoria, for that. The Lord made that happen today, I know, to build me up because there's nothing that brings me more joy than seeing someone commit to their life to Christ, commit their life to God's will, and you are going to grow in it. But right now, you're a child. 
And so what Jesus said also, it is not the will of the Father to lose or that any of these children should perish. Now we think about our own children physically a lot of the time, right? Because it's easy for us to comprehend. But when you are born again, you are a child. And so it is easy to pick up this book with an adult brain. I became a believer two years ago. I could read all of the commandments. I can understand them. But I started to strive in the will and not in the power of Christ. And so I wasn't walking in the right spirit. And so what we have next, there we go, is God's or Jesus on God's will. So Jesus talks about God's will, not just in him doing it, but in a reward for each and every single one of us, which is just so amazing. In Matthew, it says, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and mother. In Mark 3, 35, and just so you guys know, that's the only time the word will is mentioned in that book. It says, for whoever does the will of my father is my brother and my sister and mother. Now, Luke, Luke doesn't use the word will in his. And his is a little bit different, as we can see. It says, but he answered to them and said, my mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And that is so important. Cam mentioned it. We can't just be listeners of the word. We have to be doers of the word. But are we doing too much and are we doing it in the wrong spirit? We have to be led by the spirit. I used to think in my walk that I can do it all by myself. I was an angry man. You guys heard my testimony, lots of you last year. But before I came to Christ, I could not control my anger. Within 30 seconds of being mad, I was mad for the day. 50% of the days that I woke up, I was angry and could not shake it. God took that away. He delivered me from that. I tried everything. I went to anger management. I did SSRIs. I did everything the world told me to do. And it didn't happen. Jesus did it. Jesus took that away from me. And I know each and every one of you has that story of God delivering something from you that you could not do on your own. But what do we do next? Not maybe everyone in this room, but I can speak to myself personally. I picked up this book and I thought I could do it all after that. I had a brother once tell me a house divided. Oh, sorry. I forget the scripture. I apologize. But he said, Satan cannot cast out Satan. How can my flesh cast out these other sins? It can't happen. It's impossible. But that's where my mind went because I'm 35. I'm not a baby, right? Like I, I you know, I can't believe it. And so, sorry, I'm not sure what I have next, but the will of the flesh. And so Paul and Peter kind of explain the will of the flesh and what that looks like to give us a contrast. And so it says, among whom also we have once conducted ourselves in the lush of the flesh, fulfilling the desires, so that's the only time that word will is used as desires, of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. It says in 1 Peter 4, 2 and 3, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of man, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. We, sorry, when we walked, so walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. So where are we supposed to walk now? Well, I know where I'm supposed to walk. 
I'm sure each and every one of you knows where you're supposed to walk, but we're supposed to walk in the path laid out for us by the only person who could walk in that path, and his name is Jesus. And he called each and every one of you, and again, you have a purpose. You've been called. You've been called to his family. Those who do the will of God are welcomed into his family. We are now brothers and sisters and welcomed another sister into our family today. And that is incredible. And so we have the will of Ephesians here, the flesh, sorry, it's 2-3, and we have what God's will is in contradiction, or in contrast, sorry, to that. And it says here, the desires of the flesh. I'm sorry I cannot read that, but it says, oh, perfect. Oh, that is way better than mine. I can just turn this way. Thank you. <laughs> Let them deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. <laughs> Let me tell you. I still can't do that every day. But we just listened to that lost song, right? Let us clean our robes by the blood of the Lamb. And God is going to forgive you if you can't do this every day. He will meet you where you are. As long as you ask for forgiveness, He will cleanse you of your sins. That is a promise. It is in the book, and this book is just truth. Jesus came and fulfilled the truth. That's why He is the truth. And so we each need to know that we have to at least try this, though, right? So if I ask my son to clean his room, and he says, Dad, I cleaned my room, and I go, okay, let me take a look. It's the exact same way I left it, man. I'm going to be upset, obviously. But if I go in there, and he's done the easy task, he's picked up the clothes, he's thrown a lot of the junk into the closet, he's done that sort of stuff, he made an effort, I'm happy with that. And I'll say, that's okay, let me help you with the rest. And that's what we should be doing. It says here, and the mind. So what do we got on the mind, guys? We have, it says, breaking or, sorry, bringing every thought into captivity to obedience of Christ. There's that thing again, doing something. We have to do something. And the other one is renewing of the mind. Well, in our past life, we used to justify anything. I can justify things all the time. We can all justify things. The world makes it easy. And we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. But if someone were to be mean to me, it would be only fair if I was mean back to them. Right? It just makes sense. And the world would say, you're okay with that. Don't worry about it. This guy cut you off. Get in front of him and cut him off. Right? Eye for an eye. But that's not what Jesus wants. He wants us to take those thoughts captive. And then we were child of wrath. And this, I read this this morning, and it has an exclamation point, which makes it just that much more exciting. It says that we should be called children of God. Amen, right? We are each children of God. And so here, Cam kind of touched base on it. But what does this look like? Well, I picked these two verses for a particular reason, and we'll get into it. It says Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Are we walking in them? I wasn't. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I can tell you my story for eight months. I was a closet Christian. I coined that word. I'm not sure if anyone else has ever heard it, but I said it. I used to worship the Lord by myself. I didn't tell my wife when I became a believer first because it was spite, my pride. I didn't want her to know. She was saying, hey, this Jesus guy. I said, oh, never for me. Then he's like, hey, Steve, I call you. I said, oh, I'm coming, sir. Didn't tell her because I didn't want her to be right. <laughs> We've all been there, right? Our pride is very blinding. But was I walking in the, the, the stuff? No. 
But the Lord speaks to each of us. And we can listen to that call. We can listen to what he puts into our hearts or we can ignore it. So I remember the word fellowship stuck out to me. And God has been so good to me. God is so good because he makes my walk so easy. And I pray that he does this for each and every one of you. But there was a snowstorm at my, my complex. And I went out and I threw on my favorite guy who did sermons. And I was listening to them. I'm in the spirit. I'm shoveling snow. I love snow. Oh, I'm from Ontario. You guys are missing something out here. But I'm out there and I'm shoveling and it is great. And this neighbor comes out. I didn't know he was a Christian, but we started talking about fasting and I fast. I fast for physical reasons. It wasn't godly reasons, but we got on the topic of fasting and he said to me, fast. And he's like, so why do you fast? And he had this look in his eye and I knew what he was getting at. I knew the Lord put us together that day. And then I said, well, maybe a little spiritual, maybe just a little bit physical. I was lying. I was a liar back then. But anyways, <laughs> I wanted to sound good because I knew he was a Christian. But he invited me to his church that week. All right. And I went because fellowship started sticking out to me. His word was re revealing that to me. That's what I needed to do next. That was the step. I had done what he needed me to do at work, to be a light, to be in his word, to drink the pure milk. But now he needed me to go out and be with my brothers and sisters. I was flockless, right? I was all alone. My wife doesn't like going to church. She was raised JW, all right? She does not trust man because man is bad. We all know this, right? Man is bad, but God is good. And so I prayed to the Lord, and this is how I know he works so much wonders. As I, I went the first week, she's like, I'm never going. I said, okay, that's fair. I prayed, Lord, let my wife come with me. So the next week I said, I'm going to bring the kids because I think the kids should go. It's great for kids. It's great for them to get ministered the word. Even before I was a Christian, I thought, you know, they got good morals in here. Give them to my kids because I, I want them to have a good ground, right? And so I took the kids and she said, you know what, Steve, I'm going to go. I said, whoa, where did this come from? Said, Thank you, Lord. And she came. And when she came, she didn't like the message that day. And I said, that's fine, Lord. I said, you let her pick the church. And guess where I ended up? Here. I've never left. The Lord put me in this building for a reason, right? But again, it's his good works that he's prepared for hands. And we have to walk in them. So how many people here read their Bibles every day? I know that our pastor has come back with this great teaching of devotionals every day. Are we picking up the heavenly manna and eating it? Are we taking the bread to our mouth? That's what he needs us to do. You can listen to me all day long. You can pick your favorite pastor online all day long. You're drinking pure milk, but eventually you need to eat solid food. Eventually you need to grow, and that's the will of the Father. If I go back to my son again, I potty trained him for a reason. Right? I taught him a skill for a reason. And if he does not use that skill, I would be upset as a father. Imagine he grows up to be a man and says, ah, I still use diapers. Right? We can't do that, right? And our Heavenly Father wants each of us to grow in our walk, whatever that is. And how is he going to speak to us? I had another brother tell me once that I'm chewing a piece of gum right now. I can give that gum to you. You can taste the flavor in that gum, right? You can take something from it, but it's not a new stick of gum. You got to go grab your own gum. You got to get into this book on yourself and chew it. And it's going to resonate with you. It's going to be so rich and minty at first. This gum has no mint left. I'm telling you, I put it in at 11 o'clock. There's nothing left. But you could chew on it, right? You could think about it. And so this is what he wants us to do, is he wants us to spend time together with the Lord. That's what he wants you to do. I beg anybody who's not picking up their Bible today to go home tomorrow and give it to him. 
do that. Pick up your Bible. Feed yourself. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to find something in there. He's going to show you something. I promise you he will because he does it to me every day. And you're going to want to share that. And we could help feed each other. We could help grow as a body. He is going to help us grow. And he knows a lot of you are ready for solid food. But if you're still a baby, if you're born again, what are babies good for? Babies are good to hold. They're good to protect. They're good to look at. All of heaven just rejoiced, guys. I didn't know if you heard it, but all of heaven rejoiced when one sinner repents. Today, a new sister joined our family. They are celebrating. And now, is she supposed to just all of a sudden in the flesh fulfill this? Fulfill all of that? That's impossible. That's like going from simple math, one plus one, to advanced geometry or physics the next day. My son learned what one plus one was. I didn't ask him what the square root of pi was. No, that would be impossible. That doesn't make sense. Do you think the good, the good father is going to do that to you? No, that's the flesh trying to get you to do something. And so we can't do that. Oh, and I'll read Hebrews 13, 21. I like this one even better. It says, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, what do you guys see in those? What we see in both of these is we were created in Christ Jesus. Amen. And it's through Jesus Christ. It is not through Stephen. This is not me today. You know how I know the Spirit is with me today? It's because I loaded this slide into that computer and it changed my font colors. <laughs> I had God's word when Jesus spoke in red. Do you know what red symbolizes in the Bible? Man, the flesh. You know what the computer changed it to? Blue. It did it on its own. This is true. It happened. You can load it again and see it. That is the spirit. And he wants this work in each and every one of you. So I forgot what I said here, but this is what he wants us to do. Is he wants us to sanctify ourselves. He wants us to be holy. So I just want to, want to go over these scriptures with you guys together. That's why I didn't put them up there. And just let's read them. Let's see what the will of God is. In sanctification, because we're all justified through Christ. That's been met. That's been fulfilled, right? But now we have to become holy ourselves. And so I earmarked these. So just give me a second. What do we got here? First Corinthians six twenty. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So just as Charles shared with us last weekend, that great message, you've been purchased, yeah. right? We have a house that we now work in. And at first, when you get a new job, uh, it is work. You know why it's work in the world? Because you're on a three-month probation or a six-month probation. You have to be perfect. Or they can fire you for no reason. That's just the way the law is set up. They can fire you for no reason. In God's house, when you join it, it seems like work because you're giving up the things that used to bring you joy in the flesh. Okay, so let's take an example. I love ice cream. Okay, I love ice cream so much. So, so much. I eat a tub every night. I'm going to be honest with each and every one of you. And you know what I thank the Lord for? He didn't take that away from me. But he took away rap music, and I loved rap music. Oh, I love rap music almost as much as I love ice cream, but it was cussing. And one day I was at work, and this is how the, war, the Lord works is, you probably shouldn't listen to that, Steve. A soft voice came over me, and I said, mm, I'm going to listen to it some more. 
the next day, listening to it, I was like, oh, this isn't edifying. Like, what happens if someone walks into this room and I'm blasting that? And the next day, they ask me if I'm a Christian. I go, yeah, of course I am. What is that doing for Christ? Do I have the banner of Christ over my head? No. But if the Lord hasn't put that on your heart yet, and you're listening to music that's that way, that's okay too. Because he has to put it on each and every one of us because the sanctification process is unique to each and every one of us. I'll go back to my son again. The school system, the way that it's set up today is you're drudged along with it if you're not keeping up. I remember being in grade eight, guys, and I read at a grade three level. We take those tests. Ooh, I was awful. But guess what? That year, I passed. I made it to grade nine. The next year I passed, I made it to grade 10. I didn't start reading until I was 21. I didn't pick up a book physically on my own to read it until I was 21 because I couldn't do it. But the school system said, no problem, sir. You just keep going along. You just keep moving along, right? That's how it goes. That's not God. God knows each and every one of you and your needs and your growth, and he's going to speak to you as long as you're listening. So again, you need to get into the word. You need to have these revelations. He will speak to you. I promise you. But if you're not, how is he going to tell you to change? How are you getting God's message? How are you receiving that phone call or text message? You're not. It's not happening. So if we go to the next one, sorry guys, I, I talk a lot, but if we go to the next one, we go to Peter, First Peter here. What do we got? First Peter, and that's over here. Hebrews, James, Peter. Four Hebrews. I'm sorry, I also forgot my Bible at home today, so. Oh gosh. There it is. Thank you. And First Peter 13 to 16. Thank you. Okay, so therefore, gird up your gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus. Or Jesus Christ, sorry. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to your former lusts, as in your ignorance. But as he called you is holy, you are also to be holy in your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Could you imagine if Aaron just drank a Coca-Cola in the sacred utensils? Could you imagine if Aaron used those things? Could you imagine if he ran and played a football game before he put on, or even in his heavenly garments? No. Those things were sanctified by the Lord for holy purposes. You guys are to be sanctified for the holy works in which he has laid out for you. This is the point of sanctification. Is in, I'm just going to jump to the last one. 2 Timothy 2.21. I was talking to a brother just before, and it is so, it is on the, the just, oh, it's wonderful. We'll go there and we'll read it together. But 2 Timothy 2.21. And we'll start actually at 20. Because it's better. I, I, I cut down to the, too quick into it. But it says here. But in the great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if everyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the, mat- for the master, Prepare, prepared for every good work. Are you preparing yourself? That is our purpose right now. We're to prepare ourselves. It's to be built up. It's to be living in Christ. But how are you going to do that if you don't know how? How are you going to get God's message if you're not having your ears open to it? 
That's what we each need to do. And you are going to grow in Christ. And when you grow in Christ, you're going to find your fit in the church. So I remember Heather came up not too long ago and she had the vision of the mosaic. And we, people were coming together, the glass was coming together, and then it came together in this building. And that one struck me. I sat there, I love dreams, I love visions because I'm a visual guy. And I thought to myself, if I'm not broken the right way, if God hasn't revealed all the things he wants me to get rid of out of my life, I'm not going to fit into this mosaic properly. I'm not shedding it properly. I'm not broken in the right way to fit into this puzzle. Each and every one of you has a way to fit into this puzzle, and you have a purpose in this body. Who knows what it is? I don't know. My gift is not vision. My gift is not prophecy. But you might have that gift. But if you are dirty and unclean and not sanctified, how, are you, how is God going to call you from, the, from there? No, he's not. You're going to be clay and wood. And those people were for dishonor, right? I think more of the world. But we've been called to do something. We've been called to be servants. And so that's what he wants us to do right now is the sanctification. I love good works, but I worked in the flesh. I read the Bible and it put me out there into the streets, but I was a reluctant giver. I would wake up in the morning and I'd say, yeah, Lord, I'm going to go. I'm going to go preach the gospel to people. But I did it in the flesh. And I know I did it in the flesh because I didn't feel the love in my heart and the compassion in my heart. I didn't have Jesus yet, actually. And so imagine doing your good works without Jesus. Imagine trying to, again, beat sin without Jesus. Imagine trying to do that. You can't. We know it's impossible. We each have our own testimony that we know is impossible. And so I, I think this might be it. Oh, my key points. There we go. I'm going to wrap this up. Look at this. There we go. I forgot what I wrote. This is wonderful. Oh, actually, I'll share God's will with you one more time. I was stressed. I'm not sure if anybody's a, a public speaker. I am not a public speaker. I love speaking in parties. I love speaking in small groups, home groups. I used to just talk the whole time because I love to hear. Oh, yeah, just talk, talk, talk. This, not so much my forte. Cam had asked me after Charles was here last week because I had done a word study on the will of God. And if you were here last week on Sunday, you saw this theme, this repetitive will, will. As I sat there, I was like, oh, gosh. And then Charles saying, you, you, you got something to do. You got it. And I was always giving Cam the, the bag, all responsibility, because I love doing that. I was like, you tell me what to do. You want me to do kids ministry this week? You just tell me. You want to do this? You just, I just kept giving him all the responsibility because I figured, hey, he's the pastor. He'll keep me in line. I can trust him, right? But that's not what Charles said, right? Charles said, are you convicted? Well, I was convicted to teach. I've been convicted to teach for some time. But I was stressing too much. I was in my flesh last night. I'm sorry if this story is all conjumbled, but I got home and I told Jessica, my wife, I said, I need two hours. I need to sit down because I need to dot all my T's and cro or cross all my T's and dot all my I's. I need to do this. I need to. And it was my flesh because I was just worried, right? And then we get home and a neighbor comes out. And this neighbor appeared to me in a dream a long time ago. And every time you appear in my dream, if you're not a believer, I give you Jesus. If you are a believer, I tell you how much Jesus loves you. And I've, if I've wronged you, I make amends. And I've been doing this since I became a Christian. And she came out and we had a conversation maybe three months ago. And she's like, I got some questions. I said, okay, awesome. I'll answer these questions. And we were outside for two hours. I did not get that two hours. The Lord took it away from me because he knew I'd be in the flesh today. He just said, Steve, take a walk of faith. You need to. Take a walk of faith. I got here early today. Same thing. I thought, I got to get my stuff ready. Sat down with a brother in there, and we had a wonderful conversation. We fellowshiped over God. 
over Jesus Christ, what he did for us, what he's done for us, and what he will do for us. He put me in the right mindset. I came out, I distracted myself. Again, I went back into that room, and then we came together and prayed as I was writing down notes. This is how God works. Ask God to give you discernment. Ask God to show you these things. I guarantee you every single day he is doing something in your life to help you sanctify yourself. But are we listening? Are we just hearers of the word or are we also doers of the word? And this word sometimes, this book's going to speak to you in such a way that it's going to be a personal word. You're going to read a scripture. A brother was sharing with me today in Judges about, I forget the gentleman's name, but we all know it. He came back. He was one of the judges. And he said, whoever walks out that door next, I will sacrifice. And we were sharing on that. And he said, Steve, this struck me for the first time today. This is how it read to me. I said, whoa, that's never struck me that way. That his pride, he put his pride before murdering his daughter. We shouldn't murder, especially our children. But he made an oath to the Lord, so he fulfilled it. I think that was in pride, and his, his brother expressed that. He taught me a lesson. That's God giving a brother a revelation in the word. That brother just got spoken to by God. God spoke to him today, and that's beautiful. And again, I'm sorry to hammer this, but I think each and every one of us need to have that conversation with God. Have that conversation every day. And if anybody today has been sitting there and something has come to your mind, if you have a fire in your chest right now, let me tell you, that is the Lord telling you to come up on this stage and share what's there. The flesh is at enmity with the spirit. Only one of them can drive at a time. And the flesh right now is justifying it. We talked about it. Ah, no, I don't want to get up. I'm too shy. Ah, oh, you want to hear about shy? Sorry. I sung a song last, last week. Let me tell you. Charles said, if you see a red light, that's not for you. It was flashing red. You'll never hear me sing up on stage again. But that, I was justified in the flesh to not sing, and I didn't. I, I went and I walked in faith. And so I'm asking anybody today who sit here in this room, if the Lord has given you something, if he's given you a thought, a vision, a word to share, a piece of scripture that struck you, please come up and share it. Edify the body, because your word is for someone else. That's how miracles happen. That's how answered prayers are happen. It's us acting in the will of God because it's God's will to answer those prayers. So if you're not walking out in faith and doing those things that are put on your heart in a soft voice and you're letting the flesh cancel it out, God's will isn't being done. Now he'll answer our prayers. He'll find someone else to do it. But wouldn't you like to be that person that did God's will that day? Wouldn't you love to be satisfied? One more thing and then I'll leave. I know I've got key points, but one more thing. Sorry, it just came to me. Jesus at the well told the disciples, you know not the meat that I eat is to do the will of the Father. Has anybody here ever ate a steak? Giant steak? How full are you? How satisfied are you when you're done eating that? You don't want to move. That's what you'll feel like if you do God's will. You will be full. Your spirit will be full. Bread, if you eat bread, I'm hungry 10 minutes later. I drink milk, it goes right through me. But if I ate a steak, let me tell you, I would be satiated for a while. All right, sorry, back to the points. God called you to be heirs alongside Christ Jesus. Each and every one of you has been called. He called Matthew. He called Peter. He called Simon. He called everybody to follow him. The next one is God wants you to be holy. Of course God wants you to be holy. We must imitate Christ. And if you're looking at how to become holy, 
stay in the Gospels, but you don't have to. You can read it wherever you want. But just read what Christ did, and he'll speak to you through his words. And what's this last one here? You do those works which he has for you. Yes, that's what he wants you to do. That is our purpose, is to do those good works he laid out for us. That is our purpose. If you have a heart for ministering to kids downstairs, God has put that in you for a reason. If you love to come in and be a helper and just make coffee, God put that into your heart and you're doing that. And that is awesome. There are feet, there are hands, there are ears, there are mouths, there are eyes. There are all these things that God needs us to be in the body of Christ. Christ is definitely the top, guys, but we each have a purpose. And when you find your purpose, you're going to be full and you're going to help another grow. And that's just, that's just it. Awesome.